You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Really excited to, to uh, uh, get back in the Word, and we're, we've been doing a series that have been, that's titled Be Free, uh, and in this series, we've gone through the book of Galatians, and I, I mentioned to, to uh, the church that uh, the book of Galatians is uh, the book in the Bible that we look at through that lens to find our justification in Christ, how are we justified? How are we made right in the Lord? And so um, we've gone through uh, seven parts today. It'll be seven parts uh, in this book, which is not enough for us to go through every detail, but it's enough for you to grasp how important it is for the, that the Lord wants us to be free. And uh, we talked about be free from religion, uh, be free from compromise, that we don't compromise our, our grace through the law. We uh, talked about the importance of uh, that we can be free from deception, those that deceive us and uh, put us back under law. And then uh, Pastor Mike brought some wonderful message, messages on uh, we can be free to live by faith and then be free to live in our, or to walk in our new identity and then Pastor Jeff brought a wonderful practical message last week on how we are free to bear fruit. And if you have, haven't been here for one of, the, um, one of the messages or several, I would really uh, uh, encourage you and invite you to go to our, our uh, website and listen to the podcast because they're so important to your walk uh, in understanding the, the, the freedom that we have as Christians and um, if you're listening on the podcast, we invite you to do the same. Uh, go to our, our, our um, uh, go to the other uh, messages and, and listen to those as well. One of the things that I'd like for you to to do for me as uh, we have we're on social media. So if you go to our Facebook page, uh, you can like us. Many of you are on on your phones and on your uh, smart devices. You got Bible apps there, so you use that. So we'd love for you to like our Facebook page as well. Um, today we're going to be talking about how we're free to restore. We're free to restore. And uh, one of my favorite uh, programs on satellite TV is a, is a program that's called Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. Now, I can tell who, who watches that because your eyes got real big. And uh, Chip and Joanne Gaines from Waco, Texas, and they go to the, the nicest neighborhoods in Waco, and, and they find the, the, the house that needs the most work, and they have clients that go and, 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 and hire them to go find fixer-uppers because they want to invest into maybe their first home or, 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 or maybe move into a, a, a next home. And, and they restore these homes that, that nobody is looking at, that everybody is probably passing by, and they restore them into these immaculate places and these wonderful finished products. And 
I, I love how they completely transform these houses who, who most people would just throw away because they see the potential that people didn't see. Kind of the way that Jesus sees the potential in us and others that we don't see. Jesus never throws us to the curb. Aren't you glad about that? He never, he never throws us to the curb. And, and we're going to look in the Bible where, uh, in, in Galatians chapter 6, where we see that, that God's potential, God sees our potential. And more than that, God sees his potential in us when others maybe want to throw us to the curb. Anyone ever made a mistake in here? Anyone ever had a failure? Anyone ever, you know, sometimes financial failures, sometimes uh, we have a, a marital failure, um, whatever it may be, and, and we feel horrible, and, and, and sometimes when we need for someone to love us, we find that someone will just judge us instead when you're at your, at your worst place. And so that's exactly what we're going to be looking at. Paul, it's amazing to me that Paul, in his letter, as the Holy Spirit is directing him, he gets to this place in, in, in the, the, the last chapter of Galatians. Now, you have to remember this, that the Bible was not written in chapters. It was not written in verses. Those were added for our benefit, so that we could look at different chapters. The Bible uh, was written in letters. It was written in the, the, the gospel narrative is a, is a story. It's a, it's a factual story about the life of Jesus. The four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the narrative of, of the life of Jesus Christ. The epistles, the letters, are, are just that. They're letters. Now, when you write a letter to someone or you email, do you ever put chapter 1, verse, verse 1, verse 2? No, you just write. So Paul was writing directed by the Holy Spirit, and he gets to chapter 6, and he's already talked, uh, do, do not be fooled, do not be fooled, and, 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 uh, and, and exchange the true gospel for another gospel, and then he, he helps us to understand that it's Jesus plus what? Jesus plus nothing, and you're saved by Jesus alone, and there's so much freedom to that, and then and Jeff talked about last week of the importance of walking in the spirit and not and, and you have to crucify the flesh. The flesh is everything that wants to do uh, uh, its its work independently of God. That's what your flesh does. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, will direct our spirit to want to submit to the ways of God and walk in the ways of God. So Jeff did a great job of, of uh, describing that to us and for us to grasp how important that is. But then in, in, in the last chapter, so let's think about it, Paul's writing, and he just mentioned how important it is for us to walk in the Spirit. And then he gets to this place, and he says this. He says, brethren, brethren, even if, even if, even if anyone is caught in any trespass or any sin, or any failure, or any mistake, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of, say it with me, in a spirit of gentleness. Anyone that's been caught in a, in a trespass, anyone that's been caught in a failure, he says, you who are spiritual, restore that individual in gentleness. He goes on, and he says, each one looking to yourselves, 
so that you too will not be tempted. In other words, the, the, our quick response in the flesh is to judge. Right? Can't believe you did that. Why would you do something like that? And Paul says, you need to look inside. Look to yourself. He says, um, look to yourself so that no one will be, uh, will be tempted. And he, then he goes on, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Remember Jesus said, a new commandment I leave with you. And that new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples, because he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled everything in the law, but he said, a new commandment I leave with you. And that is for you to love one another. Right? So you'll fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now, be free from deception. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for, for boasting in regard to himself alone. In other words, don't toot your own horn. Let others do it for you. And let God toot your horn. Let God say, way to go. You're going to both say, Lord, thank you for what you've done in me. Thank you for your grace and how you've, you've, you've changed my life. You transformed my life. But Lord, I know that I'm vulnerable. I know that I'm not beyond failing and beyond falling. And then he says, uh, um, and not in regard to another, but each one will bear his own load. And I want to stop right there. I want to pray, and I'm going to give you two grace points. And in between the points, I'm going to have Vicki Dado do a beautiful song uh, called uh, Beautiful Messes. She's going to sign a song in between my points. And I think it's going to really help to, uh, to, to just concrete what I'm, what I'm talking about. But let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you that you direct us by uh, uh, your message, Lord God. It's your word to mankind, and I just pray your blessing upon this first service. I ask that you will be with me as your, um, as your spokesperson, Lord God, and that I can speak in a way that will honor Jesus, and uh, Lord, that everything that I say will be understandable, that it will be clear, uh, that I'll have your confidence and your peace. Um, and Lord, the things that I didn't prepare, Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you help me to speak uh, whatever needs to be spoken to uh, a, an individual uh, so that they can grab a hold of, of how important it is for us to be restorers and not destroyers. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. So restoration point number one, let's, let's talk restoration points, okay? Uh, everyone has the potential to sin, Someone say amen. Yeah, everyone has the potential to sin. Have you noticed that driving down the road with your wife today or your husband? You, when you said something that you feel bad about right now, you know, you, or they said something to you and you're like, why did I say that? Everyone has the potential to fall into sin. And, and just like every house, let's think, I started out with uh, Chip and Joanne Gaines and how they go into homes and they restore them. Have you noticed that your house, houses have a potential of falling apart? Anyone a homeowner here? Anyone rent? Have you noticed that your houses have a potential to fall apart? I mean, just last week we came back from, uh, from Arkansas, New Mexico, Mexico. We were all over the place. And we got back and, and our faucet had a, uh, it just was not functioning the way it's supposed to function. And so we went to Home Depot and my wife said, we should get a faucet. And I said, well, maybe we should wait. She said, no, let's get a faucet. So she got a faucet. She said, your, your dad was a plumber. Your grandfather was a plumber. And so that makes you a plumber. I said, no, babe, that, does, that doesn't work that way. I'm a preacher. I'm not a plumber. 
But she said, no, you're a plumber. You can do it. So we were in there, and we, I got under the sink, and we took the, the faucet apart, the, the, the kitchen uh, sink faucet. And I, it's crazy because I took it all apart, and there was one... Uh, there, there, when I was, there was one nut that they make them different now that, than they used to. So this brass nut that was up there, there's no way you, you need a special tool. And I said, I can't get this. She said, what's wrong? She said, she's standing right there. Babe, do you need help? Or do you need anything? And I'm like, yeah, I need for you to get this off. <laughs> I can't do it. And you're not going to believe this. She said, well, what, what, what is it? Where is it? And I said, it's right here. She said, what if we use a hammer and a, and a well, that's, I love hammers. I said, yeah. What if we use a hammer and a screwdriver? And she got down there and she started, da, da, da. I got it. And I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I got it. I looked down there and she got it. I was like, yeah. But you know what I loved about that? is that we were both under the sink and there was close proximity. I loved it. It was just, anyways, that's another sermon. That's another sermon, not this one. And so the reality is that we we all need fixer-uppers. We all need to be restored. Houses need to be restored. So do we. We all have the potential to sin. Now, Paul had just written, he said, now those who belong to Christ, Jesus, they have crucified the flesh, with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful or conceited, challenging one another and envying one another. And that is the greatest danger for the church. The greatest danger for the church is when someone has success, others get jealous. That's why Paul said that. When you succeed, when you have you ever looked on Facebook or you looked on social media and you're saying, ah, so what if they got the new principal job? So what if they, they're bragging about their kids? Right? It's exactly why Paul is saying that. Be careful, don't get boastful. Be careful, don't get envious, because that's exactly what happens to people. Our goal, our goal is to walk in the Spirit and to be led by Him. And the Holy Spirit is always intentional about taking us out of a life before Christ where we were selfish, where we were stuck in uh, sexual bondage, where we were stuck in uh, maybe uh, the other works of the flesh, the sinful nature, like uh, sorcery. Sorcery is where we get the word pharmakeia. So if you've ever had a drug addiction, that's sorcery. Your, your, your mind is twisted. Uh, that's exactly what that word means. Uh, or uh, if you're envious, if you get angry, outburst of anger, where you, uh, you get really mad, that's a work of the flesh. And so the Holy Spirit is always taking us from that place and progressively moving us to be more like Christ. But we're kidding ourselves if we think we're not prone from these actions. We're kidding ourselves if we, if we think we're not prone to some sexual temptation and some sexual uh, 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 failures. We're prone if we think that we're not uh, tempted to get angry sometimes and to get envious or to, for us to not get addicted, uh, maybe even to prescription medication or to other, other things. We're crazy if we think we're not able to get to that place. And we can fall victim into these behaviors. See, one of the greatest things that we should not say is I could never do that. 
I would never do that. I cannot believe they did that. I had a great man of God that uh, was a very, very instrumental in my life. And one of the greatest things he ever said to me was, uh, there was uh, during the 70s, there were a lot of failures in, in pastoral leadership and evangelists that were very, very front people in television and things like that when Jimmy Swaggart and others uh, fell prey to, to uh, sexual uh, uh, adultery and, and things like that. And so the individual told me the story about a, a man that wrote a letter to them. He, he was an associate, associate of, of uh, some of these big, big leaders. And he wrote a letter saying, I can't believe you've done that to the church. What you've done is really hurt people. It's really done an injustice to people. How could you fall into that temptation and hurt so many people? The person that wrote that letter, a year went by. He was tempted more than ever. The second year, he fell victim to an affair. The reality is we judge people, if we judge people strictly without grace, that same judgment will come upon us. So Paul says this, brethren, if anyone, if anyone is caught in any trespass, and that those words are so important, the verbiage is so important, because in chapter 5, he just listed some of the fleshly desires, which we all struggle with. And that, and he, that was just an, a, 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 a kind of an extensive uh, uh, a listing, but there's so many more. Those, those actually have branches. So you talk about sexual sin. Uh, a porneo is the word for pornography, but it, there's branches that come off of that. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's soft porn, there's hard porn, there's child porn, there's sex trafficking, there's all these. There's a lot of branches, and then with, with uh, 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 sorcery, there's, there's a lot of things. There's come, uh, alcoholism, there's drug addiction, all these different things that come with that because of, of the sorcery, and, and then all these different uh, tentacles that come with that. Some of us struggle with uh, comparing ourselves with others. Some of us struggle with sexual sin. Some of us are struggling with envy, yet others, we struggle with, we struggle with pride, and yet others struggle with relationships and, and, and some struggle with, as I said, substance abuse. And others struggle with idolatry. And you say, but I don't, put, I don't have idols in my house, but you have a car that you worship. You have a house that you worship. You think about that car and that house more than you think about God. Think about your wardrobe more than you, you think about God. The reality is, and this is for all of us, because I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. I'm a part of it. We all have struggles. And sometimes the greatest, who we think the greatest of saints, they fall into sin. And we're fooling ourselves if we think that we never will. John, the Apostle John wrote this. Now, the Apostle John was, a, was a, the apostle of love, right? Love one another. And if you look at John's gospel, he's talking about the love of God. For God so loved the world. That's in John's gospel. 
But John said this, if we claim that we have no sin, what we're doing is we're fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. So you know what that says? It says that every person outside of Christ needs Jesus and every person inside of Christ needs Jesus because we all fall short. We all fall short. I've sat in my chair and I, I sometimes thinking of things and, and then I think to myself, what am I thinking? Why am I, why am I thinking these, these things? I've sat with, with leaders in the church who have bawled their eyes out because they fell into temptation and they were either caught in sin or better yet, they felt so bad they came to me and they confessed their mishaps. So there's a different, and there's even different ways that we do it. Sometimes you're, you're in sin and, and it's, not that, it's not that you confessed it, it's that you were caught. And then, but Paul talks about that. And there's times that, that you feel so bad because you, 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 you had, a, mis, you had a, a mishap, you had a failure that you can't take it. And you go to someone that you trust and you, and you tell them, I fell. I fell. And when these things have happened, this has always been my go-to passage. It should be our go-to passage because the first thing that we do is we want to judge. In our flesh, we want to judge. But Galatians 6.1, it teaches two biblical truths that are vital when, when we're dealing with our own and others' failures. And here's truth number one. Truth number one is even if, even if, this really goes against our flesh because in our flesh we think we won't fall. In our flesh we think everyone else will, but I'll never do that. The apostles, uh, Jesus was, was talking to him. He said, one of you is going to betray me. And in Matthew 26, verse 22, the, the, the apostles, uh, the, the disciples, they each began to say to him, surely not I, Lord. Surely not I. It, it, it won't be me. It'll probably be him. And you've said that, and I said that. Surely not I. It, it will be them. I, I, I will never fall prey to, to an adulterous affair. I'll never fall prey to, to taking something that's not mine. I'll never, I'll never be prideful. I'll never. That's exactly what the apostles, uh, Peter, later on, would tell Jesus. Even if everyone abandons you, I will not. I will stay true. I'll stand by your side. And Jesus said, watch out for the rooster. Watch out for the rooster. It's like they were saying, not even, Lord. Not even. And I thought about that. It was so prominent to me because when I was growing up in New Mexico, one of the most used phrases in our Spanglish was not even. Someone would tell, you, tell me, my friends would come in, they say, you know what, you're, dude, you're going to lose the game tonight. And my response would be, not even, bro. Not even. We're not going to lose. We're going to win. And not only are we going to win, bro, let me tell you, not even are we, are we not going to lose, but I'm going to score 40 points. And I'd score five. But for the child of God, I love this, but for the child of God, it's not even. It, 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 it isn't not even, but it's even if. 
Even if I lose a game, God still loves me. Even if I'm not the superstar, God still loves me. You see, not even is filled with my own ability. And even if is filled with God's ability to restore me. Not even. I'll never do that. Instead, say, even if the God of grace will be there for me. Even if my kids don't turn out the way I think they should, the God of grace will be there for them. Even if my kids don't uh, take the path that I'd like for them to take, the God of grace will be there for them. Truth number two, okay? In any. So truth number one is even if. Truth number two is in any. Paul continued, if anyone is caught in any trespass, in any. And this is not a license to sin. It's just stating the obvious that we all will. But have you noticed that people are notorious for categorizing sin? And we put sinners in different boxes. There's a boxes for liars. There's a boxes for adulterers. You put them in a different box. There's a, there's a box for, uh, for enviers. There's a box for those that have broken relationships. There's a box for those that, that talk behind your back. There's a box. There's different boxes. And we, we categorize. And, and, and the word of God is so different. God is so different. He never puts anyone or any sin in a box. He said, if anyone is caught in any trespass, doesn't matter what they do. God looks at you through the lens of the cross. We look at people through the lens of a box. Every sin is forgivable and every person is restorable in Jesus' name. doesn't matter what you've done. I had a guy sit in my office and he had, uh, his wife brought him in. He was tortured with anger and uh, voices. And as we talked, I found out that the, the, the whole root of it was that he had been in Vietnam and because of missions that he had gone on into the, the, the war zones that he had, uh, in, the, in the name of war, shot people that, like women and children, and he, couldn't, he could not forgive himself. He was angry. And as I talked to him about the grace of God, he actually cussed and said, don't you understand that I cannot be forgiven? And you might be in here and you think, don't you understand that I cannot be forgiven because I've done this or because I've done that? But what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a box and not allowing the one that is outside the box to bring in his forgiveness and his restoration. 
So my prayer is that no one will leave here today unrestored. That everyone will leave here today forgiven. Forgiven by God and forgiven by yourself. I'd like for anyone that would desire to, to, to get unstuck from your guilt and condemnation or maybe to unstick uh, someone. You, you just, you, you, maybe you've had them, you've locked them in and you've been real hard on them. I put a prayer in your, in your handout and we'll put it on the, on the screen. And as, I, as we pray this prayer together, if this is you, um, I just believe that God's going to unstick a lot of people from, from, uh, from being restored, and you will be restored by God. You'll be restored by God. And um, Vicky, if you don't mind, come up and get ready. Um, and this prayer just goes like this. You can pray with me. Jesus, take my guilt. Just take my guilt and restore me from my past and my present choices that have not been pleasing to God. As I receive your forgiveness and grace, I choose to follow you from this day forward. See how simple it is? So restoration point number two, and this is exactly what the church should aim at. The true sign of a mature believer or a mature follower of Christ is an ability to restore instead of destroy others. It doesn't mean that we candy coat sin or we sweep it under a rug, but it means that we are intentional about extending grace instead of condemnation. The grace of God has the ability to forgive any sinner as well as restore any wounded saint. That's why Paul wrote, you who are spiritual... You need to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And such a one goes right back to the text. Think about context. Always think context. Anyone and any sin. Any believer who has sinned, no matter what they've done, if you're spiritual, if you're walking in the Holy Spirit, you're there to restore them. Not to destroy them. The enemy of our soul will always tempt us in order so that he can destroy us. Think about it. The devil will always tempt us and make it sound really good so that he can destroy us. But God's people should always do the opposite. When we find people who have been caught up in a failure, our goal needs to be to restore. And every church that has that goal as their centerpiece has people coming in droves because they know they can find healing instead of judgment. The word for, uh, for restore the Greek is a Greek word that's used for setting a broken bone and, make it, and allowing it to heal and to be restored. 
It's also used for mending nets. It's corticite, something like that. And just like a bone is so important to the body and needs to be realigned and reset, so is a Christian who has suffered through wrong choices. He or she needs to be healed because they are important to the body of Christ. Anyone in here ever had a broken bone? How many of you know that that bone, that, that part of your, that limb or whatever it was, it was very important to your body? And once it was set and reset and healed, how many of you know that you're better off because it's, it's been restored? And that's exactly every person in the body of Christ is important. You see, we can be a product of our mistakes or we can allow Jesus to restore us and be a living testimony of his grace. Amen? Now, why does, why does the Bible talk about using gentleness? Why is that so important? First of all, it's the fruit of the Spirit, right? But the, here's three reasons that I put down that gentleness is vital to restoration, okay? Reason number one. Everyone that's ever fallen into a failure, people, those people are already beating themselves up. You don't need to kick them when they're down. I love the way the message puts uh, Romans 15, 1 and 2. It says, those of, us, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just, to, not just do what is most convenient for us, Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Reason number two, religious people are already throwing stones at them. They don't need you to throw your rock as well. I love the example of the woman caught in adultery, uh, in uh, uh, the Gospel of John, it goes like this. The religion, the, the religion scholars and Pharisees let, let in a woman who had been caught in an act of adultery, and they stood her in plain sight of everyone and said, Teacher, this woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses, and look at this, look at the law. Moses in the law gives orders to stone such persons. What do you say? And they were trying to trap him into saying something incriminating so they could bring charges against him. Jesus, he bent down and he wrote with his finger in the dirt and they kept at him, badgering him. He straightened up and he said, the sinless one among you, go first, throw the stone. And bending down again, he wrote some more in the dirt. When they heard that, they walked away one after another beginning with the oldest to the youngest. The woman was left alone, and Jesus stood up and spoke to her, and he said, Woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? And she looked at Jesus, and she said, No, no one, Master. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go on your way, and from now on, sin no more. The third reason, the third reason, after tempting those people that fall into a mistake or a failure, the devil is already condemning them 
So they don't need for us to do the devil's work. The Bible says in Revelations 12.10, it says, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. The enemy will always, always accuse God's people. We don't need to join him into that. We need to be restorers instead of accusers. You see, it all comes down to knowing the Holy Spirit and that he will produce gentleness and provide healing to the body of Christ so that everyone that comes through the door, so that everyone that comes into contact with you will experience grace instead of condemnation. We all need avenues. We all need avenues of gentle grace. At Living Word Chapel, we have three ministries. One, Celebrate Recovery. One of them is Freedom in Christ. And the other one is God's Healing through Prayer Ministry. In fact, in your bulletin, if you look at your bulletin right now, there's, there's, a, there's a card in there and, and you can uh, get connected to these ministries if you're here. See, God wants for you to be restored. And I also thought, as I was putting this message together, we offer in our small groups uh, some financial freedom. Uh, small groups, we offer Dave Ramsey, we offer uh, Andy Stanley has a really good financial freedom. I spoke to a couple uh, as I was on vacation and they, they're from our church and in the last two years, oh, three years, I'm sorry, they paid off $84,000 of debt. $84,000 of debt in three years. And they're free from the bondage of debt. All of us need to be restored from something. And can I tell you something? We have a God who's a restorer. We have a God that sees us beautiful even though we're messes. Amen? And all of us are flawed outside of Christ and all of us are made whole inside of Christ. And then we begin to walk this journey out and God begins to restore us daily, change us daily, and do things that only He can do because He's God. As we close the service today, Don't leave here without being restored. Amen? Celebrate Recovery is a wonderful ministry. Freedom in Christ is a wonderful ministry. The God's Light Prayer Ministry is a great ministry. We also have other avenues. Don't, don't leave here without being in a small group where people can be around you and they can be there for you and uplift you when you're going through a difficult time. That's what God's people do, amen? And we pray this prayer again that we prayed earlier, that we, we know we got it. I want to hear you guys. Jesus, take my guilt, restore me from my past and my present choices that have not been pleasing to God. As I receive your forgiveness and your grace, 
I choose to follow you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Let's worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.